Amen. Thank you, Becky. Noel, and the changing of our hearts, the changing of our lives as we, as we put our faith and our trust in Him. I've got, yeah, thank you. I've got some supplies here. <clears throat> Take my old water away and put the new water in. This morning, I'd like to talk to you about, <clears throat> excuse me, having an Advent peace in our hearts, and look at some verses from the 40th chapter of Isaiah. Excuse me, I'll have the uh, verses up here for us to look at together, or if you'd like to follow along in your your Bible, uh, Isaiah chapter 40, verses 3 through 5, and this is the some verses that are used during this Advent season <clears throat> that point the way to the coming of Christ. Let's read. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, the rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for this very special time of year. And we ask, Lord, that you would open our hearts <coughs> and help us as we as we hear from you uh, through your word, Lord, we, we give you praise and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Today, as in our second celebration of Advent, our reading this morning was about the fact that the Messiah brings peace. And we're encouraged on this second uh, Sunday of Advent to consider peace. And as we look at the 40th chapter of uh, Isaiah, one of my favorites, it's, uh, it, it's good to understand what he's talking about. Uh, when, he, when we read this that was written about 700 years before Jesus was born, he's talking about that valleys are places of humiliation. Valleys are the hard times in our lives and the mountaintop experience is when we're on top of it all and we but uh, we're we're just ready to go uh, but the valley experiences we we're all there we all experience a, a, a low at some port at so, some point in our lives but this was in the history of the of the Hebrew nation uh, and this is when he spoke Israel or Isaiah spoke to Israel. They were in exile. They had been taken away, and uh, by the Babylonians, they were the the temple was torn down. They lived in hardship. They suffered under the rule of foreign powers, and they were going through this because of their disobedience to God, because of their tendency to forsake God and follow false gods and try to be like every other nation and all the, 
uh, the, the heathen pagan religions around them, uh, they had been warned. And they were warned over and over in the Old Testament through the prophets uh, uh, Jeremiah and then Isaiah was there and some of that and, and, uh, and Ezekiel. And, and they were told that if they found themselves forsaking God and indulging in, in trying to integrate uh, the, the worship uh, like everybody else was doing around them and not what God wanted them to do, that they would suffer uh, humiliation. They would suffer hardship as a consequence from that point of turning away from him. And when it happened, it, it, you, read it, you read it very carefully and closely, uh, they did suffer, but not as severely as they had been warned. It was rough, though. It was very rough. But God, this is the important point, God had not forsaken them. They had made their choices. They had chosen not to do the right things and to make up their own religion and to do their own thing, and this is what, what was the consequence. But God never bailed on them. God had never withdrawn his love from them. But he also did not want them to live in bondage to false gods or, or foreign oppressors. And the purpose of their exile had been to refine them, to cause them to understand what living without God really means. And so when he talks about peace and we, we look ahead to the coming of the Christ child uh, during the season of Christmas, and this week we, we consider peace when we give our lives to God and we follow what God wants us to do, there's a peace that can settle in our hearts, a peace that, that cannot be expressed. And people testified about it this morning already. But if we feel like we want to we wanna do our own thing and, and uh, well, well, that's okay if I do this or if I do that, I'll just, and God will, you know, it doesn't matter. Now, this is the consequence. They become an example to us. They needed to learn that. We need to learn that. They needed to learn that God is the source of life and the source of every good thing, the source of every blessing. And the only true freedom and the only true peace that we can have is in living in a relationship with God learning to follow his, his will and his way. That is the way of peace. That is the way that we need to walk and go. That, the, that the, the rough places are made smooth. The verses tell us that in Isaiah 40. And the, and the, the steep places are made a plain. It, it's just the road is smooth ahead of you. That, that life, you have this peace that whatever happens, Whatever it may be, God is with you. He has not left you alone. So in this passage, we find a, a few, few simple things. The first one is, God says, something's coming. Something great is coming. And the present darkness that we're experiencing is not the final word. God has the final word. And God's word is a good word. 
So in your heart and in your life and whatever that may be, trusting in him is the answer. <clears throat> God has something great for each and every one of us. <clears throat> so we, we may believe in God and, and truly trusting in him may well be part of who we are, part of our identity, and yet are we really expecting that God's going to break into our lives, into our reality? <clears throat> we may have this, this head knowledge that, yeah, I've, I've gone to Sunday school and I've been there. I've, as a kid, I went to VBS. And I, go, and I may have this head knowledge, yes, that's what the Bible verses say, but do we, do we really have that expectation that God's going to break into what I'm going through and help me out with this situation. That's the kind of faith that we need to have. And then when we get there and settle that in our hearts, then that's when this peace that we're talking about actually happens, actually comes to pass. Because I think that, that often we, we really don't expect. <clears throat> we pray and we pray and pray. Then God gives us an answer. Oh, wow. I didn't expect that. You know, what, what was you expecting? You know, what, what was going on? And the people that lived at the, the time that Jesus was born, uh, were they really expecting God to break into their lives? You know, and, and some people say, well, no, they, they, they weren't. But I don't really think so. Uh, that's not really completely accurate because they were still looking for the Messiah. They were looking for a Messiah to come. But what they were looking for was a Messiah that was going to come and send and, and be a mighty warrior who's going to drive away the Romans, who were the oppressing uh, army. They, they, they lived under Roman rule. <clears throat> they had been oppressed for many, many generations. And, uh, but they believed the Messiah was going to come. The Messiah was going to come. But that was still at, at arm's length. You know, that's, that's like we are sometimes. Or I believe and I'm going to pray because that's what we do. We pray. We call. We, have, we even have it on the prayer chain. And we call different people and they answer the phone. Or, and, uh, and, and they get the prayer request. But he's kind of at arm's length. You know, we'll, and uh, what God is all about. But for God to answer that prayer, for God to come as a Messiah... He had to break into their reality, break into their, their everyday life. So that, that arm's length had to, be, had to be taken down. And for us, it's God sending someone else to do his work, to take care of his business. Uh, we can accept that God's presence may come to us in the form of someone who visits us at the hospital, whether it's the a priest or a pastor or whatever might happen or the phone call for a, a prayer but that's that's even even that is at arm's length that's over there that's still there but it's it's not close it's still someone between God and me and it keeps the almighty at a safe distance so we look at some of the things in the in the christmas story and the verses that we read and in the, in the Gospels, in the Matthew, Mark, and Luke, or at least Matthew and Luke, 
Mark's a little, you know, he goes right to the heart of things. And, and John talks about the divinity. So Matthew and Luke are the ones where the, the Christmas story can be found. In the book of Luke, we can read something that can be shocking as we, we think about uh, Luke chapter 1. And uh, the angel Gabriel talks to Mary. And he says, you will be with child and give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. <coughs> Excuse me. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. And then Mary asks the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? Then the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. This passage says that God is breaking into human reality. God who, who is far away, created the heavens and the earth, is, is, coming, is coming down. Is breaking into human reality here. The everlasting one is personally breaking into the human situation. So the creator is coming. The maker is coming. Wrapped in human flesh. No more at arm's length safety. He's up there. He's away. He's, he's distant from us. No more human theories about God. No more missing the point of what God is saying. No more asking as, those, as though there could never be an answer. No more asking, who is God? Or no more asking, what does he think? Or how does God feel? Because he's coming. He's coming. He's coming to be one of us. He's coming to give his word to us. And that's what you're reading out of. And what we're putting up on the screen. Those, those are God's words. As, as That's what he wants us to hear about him. Or maybe our question would be, uh, what would he look like if we could dare to look at him? Or what would he do if he was to break into my reality and my pain? And the verse tells us the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God, the Son of the Almighty. <clears throat> divinity, divinity has beaten a path into the human dilemma and looked humanity straight in the eyes and calls us brother and sister and friend and says to us, divinity, God Almighty, says to us, I love you. That's what it's all about. And so today we, we really need to consider peace. And we can have peace by accepting that and believing that and trusting in that, that he has, has the best for me at heart and in his mind for, for, for that to take place. So what does this season, what does this season uh, call us to here as we, as we were in the middle of Advent? What does God say to us in this season of light especially when we may be so aware of the darkness around us. 
the darkness inside us. It's so easy for us to open up a paper and turn on the news and look uh, look at your neighborhood and uh, and uh, and go to different places and what kind of people do you run into? It's not everybody that you can look in the eye and say, how you doing? You know, they'd rather ignore you or they look down at the, at the, the pavement before you do or everybody's wrapped up in their in their phone as they walk and and uh, and we're also aware of the darkness inside us what what are we what are we capable of doing you know sometimes we we get into a, a, a situation where where we don't know how to control how we feel and we don't know how to react and so what's inside of us there's a peace that we need there and when our experience of life is is presently just maybe the opposite of peace. That's how, that's how we're living. And so this season of Advent is an invitation to something that is bigger than my pain. It's, uh, it's bigger than what I'm going through, than what I'm experiencing. And, and it's something that makes me look beyond myself to somebody else, to the needs of others. And it's also a call, though, to... To, to commit or recommit myself to the truths of what Christmas is really about. And Christmas is not really about the presents that we get and the, and the lovely feelings and the tinsel and all that. Christmas is about the fact that God has come. And he promised to come and he did. And he's promising to come again and he will. If he came the first time, right? That's only that's a that's a gimme. So, the gospel is real. The incarnation <coughs> of Christ, the incarnation of Christ, God coming into flesh. That's not fiction. History. We can read history uh, that tells us so it's not just. Uh, the gospel writings, it's a Jewish writer, Josephus, a Roman writer, Tertullius, a, a Greek writer, Oregon. Uh, you can read uh, of the known world at that time that there was Jesus. And Josephus even writes, and, in his, in his, and he was a Jewish man, he was not a Christian, and he wrote that Jesus was crucified, but yet he was seen alive again later. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. But that happened for you. That happened for us. That the grave did not hold him. And our faith in him puts us in a position where it's not going to hold us either. So it's a call to believe. It's a call to receive the truths that are, are a reality in, in the season of Christmas. <clears throat> it's a call to commit your life to this Christ child that we celebrate this season. And it's a call to expect God, to expect that God does reach into human history. And that means, by the way, your history, your story, your faith journey right now, whether it's on the road or you might have veered off the road of faith God is still wanting to break into that situation and help you. 
He reaches into our lives in order to shape us. <clears throat> he reaches into our lives in order to, to make us like his own beloved son. And it starts by the Holy Spirit of God birthing something in you. Just as he birthed something in Mary. That we are born again. And that being born again, that's where peace comes from. And if we've, if we've never known the Son of God, if you've walked your life all about yourself, then you need to know him as Lord and Savior. Because that's where that comes from. If we've never received him, the Holy Spirit comes and we're born again. <coughs> so maybe it's time to take that, that step of faith and invite God to show himself that way. And the, there's a statement in the, in the New Testament that says that Christ is formed in you. You don't, don't see the rules. Well, what does this church believe? And well, then this is, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do this, and got to do the other. No, Christ is formed in you as you receive him, as you accept him. And then Christ, we, we, with that being born again, we start, we're renewed, we're restored into that image uh, of God. And we're, we, we get a deep, settled peace in our hearts about what this is all about. I, before I became a Christian, I, I went to Sunday school. My mom and uh, took my sister and I, and we, we would go. But, but here we are wondering. I had this, I, I, somebody gave me a Bible, and I'm just going through, and some books with some weird names. You know, Deuteronomy and and again, again, this says, you know, how, how do you say Leviticus when you're not, or numbers? I thought that was all about math. You know, I skipped that one completely. And then you, but you get to this New Testament, and it's got these names of these men, and and uh, well, it's about this guy. It's about Matthew and about these these guys, their story. No, it was about Jesus. And it it became it was foreign. But then it just becomes alive when you open yourself up to him. You begin to receive it, and it starts to change your understanding of it. And so we can, we can be in a position where peace can be ours. And God wants us to have peace in the midst of this broken world because he wants us to be near him. That's his, the whole point of creation. God was the other who created the heavens and the earth, and Adam and Eve, and he created us in his image. Why? It wasn't just an experiment. No, we're, we're made in his image so that we can have a relationship with him. Adam and Eve walked with him and talked with him. That's what he wants now. Not in the sweet by and by. We can do that now. Then we step into glory when we leave this body. And the alternative to, to being near to God is to live in fear. To be freaked out when anything goes wrong. And then when we, when we get to that point in our lives where we're away from God and we're living on our own, and we, that, this causes us to live very self-involved lives. Consumed with and distracted by our own situation. It's all about 
the, the Holy Trinity, me, myself, and I, right? Instead of being focused as God wants us to be on the well-being of other people, because God is love, and that love extends to, to those that are around us. And I want to suggest that, that having peace is rooted in a deep commitment to Jesus Christ. God wants us to have peace, and that's another way of saying God wants us to know Jesus. Peace is a person. Just like Jesus says, I am the truth, the way, the truth, and the life, the way is a person. The truth is a person. It's not just an idea or an ideology. Peace is a person. He shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, from, uh, from Isaiah chapter 9. And then he wants us to, to live in the way, the way of Jesus. So the question comes as we think about all this, and this is, is, is if that's a reality, how could all of that power, how could all of that authority get squeezed into a human form? What would all of that power and authority and love look like in a human being? The answer is the life of Jesus. The fully human, fully God person who would reveal to us the thoughts of God, the heart of God, who would walk the streets of Jerusalem and talk with the people and, and they could talk with him and he would heal the people and he would, he would be tried before Pilate, unjustly condemned. So this Christ child that we, we, we celebrate at Christmas, we know that he grows up to be the one who suffers for our sake on the cross. He defeats death and triumphs over the grave. So all of our hope, all of our purpose, all of our love are bound up in this one magnificent life. Jesus Christ, born in abject poverty, in a vile, stinking stable, humble, weak, yet so incredibly powerful and world-changing in his passionate love for humankind, for you and for me. I found a poem based on the 23rd Psalm written by Judy Booth. And I want to share that as I close today. And uh, now this says a lot. As uh, she, she writes this poem, thinking it all has to do with, with, with Christmas and, this, and Christ, and, but also this peace that we can have. And I, I want to put this up here to share with you. The Lord is my peace. I shall not live in anxiety. He puts me under his wing of comfort and calms my spirit within me. He takes all my anxieties on himself and helps me to focus on him. Yes, though I walk through a time of grave uncertainties and fierce anxieties, I will not fret, for you are my peace. Your word and your presence calm me. My anxious mind you smooth Wait a minute. Call me now. You hold my uncertainties in the palm of your hand. You soothe my anxious... Oh, boy. I got to read it here. You soothe my anxious mind. 
you smooth my wrinkled brow. Surely serenity and trust in you shall fill me all the days of my life, and I shall keep my mind stayed on you forever. <coughs> he is the God of peace because his promises are true. He promised to come, and he did. All through the Old Testament, the, 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 the promises were pointing to Bethlehem, and he did come. He promised to be with us in all things, and he is. He promised to come again, and he will. That can give us peace as we trust in him. Let's all stand. <clears throat> Let's pray. God, you know all things. And you invite us this season into your peace. And for those who are here this morning who have not made that commitment, who have not seen this Christ child as, as the God of peace, we ask, Lord, that you would be with them. Grant us faith, O oh Lord, that we may each one of us take a step closer to you this Christmas season, that we might receive all your promises and that we might live each day in this deep, settled peace that you promised to us. We love you and praise you. We thank you for all that you're doing. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, Amen. You're dismissed. <coughs>